Welcome aboard this train, the train that takes saints and sinners, losers and winners, the train that is known as the Infuse Show, brought to you by the team at The Sales Joint, the premier sales connection for cannabis cultivators and dispensaries. Visit thesalesjoint.com and schedule a discovery call today. Mike, Francesca, let's do the show. Welcome, guys. Hello. Hi, how's it going? It's it's going well. Uh, it's good to be back here today. And I feel like we're on an amazing little run of uh, we're just talking to incredible person after person. One after, after person. another. It, it is, Mike. And I think the reason for that is the one thing we want to do real uh, quick, first of all, is on behalf of Mike, Francesca, and Frank and myself, we want to thank everybody who's reaching out and getting in touch with us. Everyone who's following us on social media channels or like today's guest uh, sends me a message, sends me an email and gets in touch. So thank you. You're helping the show grow and you got to know that we appreciate it. Yes, um, we, we love every rate, review, subscribe, contact, listen, everything, download, yeah. all of it <laughs> matters. She got it all. Hint, hint. She got it all. She got it all. Well, let's get to the good stuff today, uh, my friends. Uh, today, uh, as a show, I think I, I speak for everybody here. We are absolutely honored to be joined uh, by our guest and to bring her story to more and more people in our cannabis community and outside the people we serve as kind curious people as well. She is the woman cannabis entrepreneur, the co-founder and CEO at Grace health and wellness. But what really transcends all that is she is a fighter, she is a survivor, and now she is a tireless advocate for the plant that she owes her life to. And her journey, her mission now is to educate others about the healing benefits of cannabis. And we are so glad that her journey has brought us to the Infuse Show today. Guys, friends, warm welcome to Nicole DeMonda. Welcome, Nicole. Yay. Hey, Nicole. Hi, Nicole. It's, it's such a pleasure to be here, you guys. Thank you. Oh, no, thank you. Thank you. She's joining us from the beautiful state of Connecticut. Looks like a gorgeous Ooh. morning where you are, Nicole. Yes, thank goodness we are, we are doing well with weather. So uh, it's good. Outstanding. Uh, Nicole, before we get into this, we were just talking about our, you know, our listeners in this community that is growing and we're so grateful for. Uh, I just want to talk about how this interview came about. You, you had heard another one of our shows, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, I'm very, very impressed. I heard one of the shows with Nikki Lolly, who is a traumatic uh, brain injury survivor, and um, just very, very impressed with how everything was handled. And I wanted to reach out to you, hoping again to have that voice. And uh, thank you for providing that. So it was, it was great meeting you guys. Oh no! Thank it's... you for reaching out to us on yeah. to tell your story. That's what this is all about. It really absolutely. is. It really is. Um, so that, that is too cool. Yeah. Nikki Lolly of Nikki and the plant, man, we yeah. made a lot of, she has a lot of fans and made a lot she of good does. connections <laughs> and, uh, and those connections brought us to you. So that's why we're so grateful. So, you know, today I wanted to, we start most of our conversations trying to serve the cannabis community and the kind of curious alike, Nicole, with just talking a little bit about, you know, what role cannabis played in your life uh, as you were growing up and whether or not there was a role there. So was the plant really something that, that, that was around or was it taboo and not spoken of? Um, growing up, it was absolute taboo. Uh, I grew up, uh, first of all, in a very conservative environment um, in Brooklyn and uh, cannabis was not something that was readily spoken about ever. Um, and so, you know, 
it kind of mushroomed from there. It was not something that uh, growing up again, even in high school, something that was uh, looked favorably upon. Um, as I progressed in my career, I became a teacher. And so again, the, the role of cannabis was more along the lines of knowing that my students were using it and how could I possibly prevent them from- Stop them, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so that, that was the mission back then. Um, and a lot of it just strictly had to do with not being educated about the plant and the stigma that revolved around just everything that has to do with cannabis. Um, so I just didn't know any better. That's how I like to explain it. Um, wow. yeah. and what did you teach? English literature, high school. Oh, me too. Me too. too. <laughs> wow, I am the odd person out here. <laughs> That's so great. That's too and, cool. you know, it, was, it was it's a very funny situation because you know, I had students who come into my class completely stoned, and I knew it, you know, mm -hmm. um, and I was the teacher, of course, who would uh, bother them, if you will, when they when they were uh, in that state. So that oh, was, yeah. was a lot of fun. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, it was it was not something that I necessarily looked down on. It was just something that you kind of sort of skirted around. You didn't do and avoided. And, um, but uh, that that changed. That changed, obviously, mm -hmm. after I got diagnosed drastically. Yeah. So Nicole, walk us through what happened in 2018 that ultimately ended up changing your view on cannabis. Absolutely. So um, in August of 2018, I was diagnosed with stage four metastatic breast cancer. And the outlook, you know, was not very good. Uh, we actually didn't even know if I was going to make it through the year. Um, wow. Yeah. And so you know, uh, because of, of the type of cancer it is, it, there are so many variables that are involved. And initially, you know, it was like something like 26 rounds of chemo. There was going to be, you know, another 30 rounds of radiation. Uh, there was discussion of mastectomy and they're, they're going through all of this. And it, it's very interesting because the point that Nick brought up, you know, about options. Uh, in terms of uh, options, there are none and there were none. It was protocol that had to be followed according to what's already there uh, in terms of the chemo and in terms of radiation. Uh, oncologists and doctors in general knew nothing, nothing about um, how to do this uh, from a holistic standpoint at all. So as far, again, as far as options were concerned, that, that was null and void, that was not available. So um, what we were very grateful about is that when we were in California, we lived in California and had a small delivery service when we were there. We were carrying CBD flour. This was back in 2016 before CBD was actually, uh, you know, something noteworthy. Yeah. And so what, what happened was people started calling us. They were actually very ill. And so we, we didn't want to be that company that was like, oh, yeah, here, here's your chocolate bar, you know, and have at it and good luck. Um, so what we did was we dropped the recreational and we started with medicinal. We started doing a tremendous amount of research and actually started manufacturing our, our own formulations because we were finding a lot of discrepancies in, in the products. Um, and for people who are sick, we didn't, we didn't want them to be without consistency with their product. Mm -hmm. um, and so again, you know, fast forward to 2018, the irony is all that research was then used with me. And that's how we were able to kind of kind of grasp the holistic and alternative uh, methods. All the research that we used, 
we used, uh, we started with me and including with the psilocybin as well. And um, after five months and only three chemo rounds, there was no metabolic activity. In oh my, my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah. I have so many questions. Um, Please, Brace yeah. yourself. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> it's like the Riddler just checked into the chat. <laughs> so you had this CBD delivery service in 2016, you said? Yes. So yeah. how did that come about? Because obviously there would be some connection to cannabis before yeah. your personal use of it for, you know, for the breast cancer. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. When, uh, when my husband and I were living out in California and we actually started um, getting into it probably in about 2014, what we realized was just you know, from a market standpoint and what was happening, and also from an advocacy standpoint, we just, we could not believe um, just, again, the advocacy that was going on, how, what was happening, you know, the fact that this was out in the open. And and that's how you learned was like, it just kind of came yes. into your world. Yeah. Yes. And, and it was just something that was completely fascinating just because again, I grew up during a time where th that stigma was was burned into your brain, you know? And so now all of a sudden everybody's running around, they're like, gummies are out and this is great. And you know, the flower. And um, and so we, we also began to notice just slight medicinal effects that it was really having on people, like helping with anxiety. Um, mm -hmm. We were uh, speaking with a lot of veterans that had just come across our path mm -hmm. and learning a lot about what it was doing to help in the community. Um, you know, we had a friend who unfortunately suffered a loss and that, that's kind of um, what also led us down that path as well, uh, who was a veteran. Um, and once we started learning about it, it, it just took off and that was it. We just dropped everything, everything yeah. else that we were doing. Yeah, I, I totally get that. And can you tell us a little bit about that moment, both the moment um, personally about the diagnosis of hearing stage four, because I feel like, you know, when you discover cancer, shouldn't it be stage one? Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Pop puppies are allowed. Oh, yeah. yeah. All welcome here. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> uh, you know, it's almost like a whoa to go from zero to four. That yeah. had to be a huge shock. Yeah. It, um... It was a very interesting experience. I was first diagnosed and um, the whole process is just backwards. That's the only way that I can explain it. Um, so really? When, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's, it's really demoralizing. It's, it's kind of horrifying. And, yeah. um, you know, even though uh, you have a beautiful uh, offices and wonderful uniforms, it, it doesn't really change you know, the base of what's happening. And so to, to answer that question, um, I I don't know if you've ever seen um, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Quite a few oh, times. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> there's there's a, an episode, that one of the, um, ep the uh, shots is when there's a scarab running through uh, the skin. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Okay, mm -hmm. so uh, for me, that's what it kind of felt like all of a sudden. You just feel as if you you want to rip this out of your system and you can't. Um, and uh, the, the initial shock is just kind of uh, a lot to bear. But, you know, th this these are the things that are extremely important. For example, 
as this develops and as we can, we can see uh, you know, cannabis working um, to help with cancer, I guarantee that people will not be as afraid when they hear that because mm -hmm. there are alternatives that they know are, are going to really just ease a lot of suffering. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, I, I want to stay along those lines if I could, Nicole, because I read something on your website that we're definitely going to talk about uh, in a bit, which, which is very impressive. But this this one was just, you know, humanizing a situation. I, you wrote your immediate reaction was, uh, what am I going to tell my mother? Yes. And I'm reading that, Nicole, and the, and the former literature teacher in me is saying, wow, that that seems like shame on top of the obvious fear that you had to be feeling. Yeah. Uh, and and yeah. the way you rebounded from that is remarkable. I'm sure it wasn't instantaneous, but, but to see you today and what you've done, uh, getting past that, 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 that line you wrote just struck me. Well, it's, I, um, thank you. I, I, that, that really was the first thought that I had. Um, a lot of it just had to do with, with the fact that, in uh, 2016, she, you know, we lost my dad. And then six months later, she had lost her brother. Okay. And so it was, you, you know, for her to hear this was a lot. Um, and uh, that was the first thing. And then, of course, the, the running joke that I, I tell people all the time was, you know, this really sucks because I don't have enough money for the Ferrari that I want. So we need to do something about this, you know, <laughs> so, uh, so that I can finally have that. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And then what does stage four actually mean? Because I feel like a lot of people yeah. hear it, unless you're diagnosed with it, you right. might have some real misconceptions about it. That's, that's an excellent question. So Many people, when, when we tell them uh, that it's uh, stage four and it's metastatic. Uh, yeah, those are two confusing words, you know, yes. loaded words. Yes, and, and generally speaking, metastatic would be stage four because what happens is that now it has, it has gone through my system. And what that means is uh, it's in the bones. Um, and so it affected certain areas. For example, um, uh, now, I will never be in remission. The cancer will always be inactive or active in my system. Um, and there are certain things that might trigger that. Um, there are also certain things, uh, for example, in my case, uh, again, as I was explaining with the metastases, it went to certain areas of the bone. Um, and just to, just to kind of uh, bring this into the conversation, what, what we're finding, which is remarkable, is with the cannabis use, um, that there's actual uh, bone regrowth, which is unimaginable and unheard of. And it's, you know, it's, it's not along the lines of, uh, you know, I don't want to say, okay, it's, it's in 15 minutes, all of a sudden your bones are restrained. No, it's, it's a process. But what we're finding is those things that um, come with that metastatic disease uh, can be alleviated and can be treated with, with cannabis successfully. Wow. So, so Nicole, you go to a doctor, you get this diagnosis and they're initially saying it's going to be 26 chemo sessions, radiation, so like all this heavy duty stuff is on the table. How did you get from that to where you've got an option in, in, you know, a non-traditional option with cannabis and the mushrooms to help? And, and were you scared to death of that? I mean, how did you take that leap of faith? Um, again, an excellent question. So it's a process. And I tell people this all the time. Um, 
And it's not an easy process. Uh, and full disclosure, yes, there, there were nights when I woke up in the middle, you know, you wake up in the middle of the night wanting to jump out a window. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- the reason why I bring a lot of this up is, first of all, not to sugarcoat the experience uh, because it has been a journey. Um, but it's also important, again, to, to kind of bring cannabis back into that by, by explaining uh, it's a connector. The psilocybin and the cannabis are connectors and it allows more of an ease into the acceptance of what's happening. Um, it's not something that's, that can be easily explained because again, it, it's a personal process, but what it does is it allows you to kind of not only accept what's in front of you, but to, you're able to handle the fear and the reason why you're able to handle the fear is because you all of a sudden you do have a greater leap of, of faith, this greater idea of being able to have the strength and the, the feeling of that empowerment to heal the self, to heal the body on, on your own. Um, and cannabis facilitates that, the psilocybin facilitates that. And uh, it was a complete game changer, complete, because the, the chemo and the radiation will, will destroy you. Right quicker than than the cancer does right. or will um the cannabis basically heals you from that i i kind of consider it it's like you know you're sending the plant medicine in uh it's like war in your system um and initially you feel that way and then what begins to happen is, is that you become softer with yourself and you begin to realize that that you can heal yourself with the medicines with with cannabis yeah did that start with CBD for you because you already had that kind of base of knowledge and then did move to THC and then psilocybin or did it, did you, were you rushing to like, I'll try anything, I'll do anything? No, again, you know, um, really great point. Um, it was, it was just a, a kind of done deal. My husband was like, this, these are the formulations. This is what we have to do. And he actually, um, uh, did all of the research. He saved my life. Uh, he was able to create those formulations. And those are the same formulations, by the way, the, the ones that I take, we, we use with the patients. We, we don't, and even with pets, uh, it's the same thing. Um, we treat everybody, you know, equally with, mm-hmm. with that, which is nice. And um, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's something that um, was also a process because especially for people who are afraid of cannabis, who don't have the experience, you know, with cannabis, um, moving into those heavy doses uh, was difficult. Um, So starting off, as you were explaining with the CBD, yes, um, that was essential. We knew we were gonna do that, Uh, putting together the formulations and then adding things like THC, THCA, CBD, CBG, CBV. Um, There's there's a whole uh, list. Um, because what we focused on was all whole plants and, you know, taking, taking those compounds, um, and find success with them. Yeah. Wow. And did you talk to your doctor about it? Did you say, was it almost like questions about it? Or did you say like, this is what I'm doing. So work around it. Yeah. There's a fork (laughs) in the road here and I'm going on this path. Yes. And, and, um, it's, it's really funny. The first oncologist after getting the results back, the positive results with the cannabis was just like, oh, well, you're just part of the 0.1% that made it, you know, totally just oh, thanks. You know, all of it. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, and uh, so we've changed oncologists since. Um, Good. The oncologist that we have now is completely on board. He fully supports what's going on and uh, really has learned a lot. Um, and that's one of the things that, that we like to tell the people that we, we speak with as well. Don't be afraid um, to talk to your oncologist about it. Um, many, many times oncologists don't even know what to do, how to, how to you know, utilize cannabis, uh, because CBD does interfere with certain medications. Um, mm -hmm. And generally speaking, as I said, doctors don't know, and uh, they don't want to know. It becomes a liability for them. What we want to do is get to a point, like, for example, in Israel, what they do now is if somebody who has cancer, when they go into the hospital, cannabis is just offered to them as an option. Um, to alleviate pain, you know, to alleviate uh, hunger symptoms, because essentially when you're getting treated, again, the chemo and the radiation, you, you can't eat, you can't sleep. Those are the two most essential things to help you heal. Well, yeah. if you do those things, like, you know, your body can't regenerate. And the cannabis does exactly that. The psilocybin does exactly that. It allows you to eat. It allows you to sleep. Um, and I cocooned myself because also the levels of the cannabis uh, became very high. Mm -hmm. uh, I had to titrate up. Um, and so, for example, I take on average about uh, 1,400 milligrams of THC per day, just the THC alone. So, um, and the reason why I emphasize this is, again, going back to that, that idea of the fear, uh, there's no reason to be afraid please don't be afraid um, yeah. of, of the process. And please don't be afraid of what cannabis can, can do for you because the stigma will keep people from using it during treatment. Um, Nicole, when you and your husband were building out this the cannabis regimen, to, to obviously it evolved in, as, over time, but what, what was the time frame from, say, when you first started yes. using to when you had noticeable improvement and could see the tide had changed or turned yeah with um, the, with the I, cancer i would say successfully about three months in that is incredible that's fantastic yeah. that's, that's amazing that's faster than standard medical procedure well, treatment it, yeah, yeah it, it was it was we consider it a miracle we really do and um you know, it was um, a situation where because of, of the titration, because of the levels that begin to increase, um, you, you basically go into kind of a cocooning period and you, there's a lot of sleeping that goes on. And um, we, we like to coach a lot of people through this as well to explain to them that's when the healing is happening. And so, you know, even sometimes after the first like round of chemo that I had, I was able to eat and that's unheard of. And yeah. during, during bouts of, for example, um, very severe vomiting, I was able to stop it. And I was able to sit down maybe an hour after and eat. Um, that's unheard of. Mo most people, you know, they, 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 during the course of the day, they aren't able to keep anything in nutrients just aren't there. Um, so it's, it's immediate. It really is immediate. And, and the, the level that we saw was after five months, there was no metabolic activity. And, and just to give you another example, so the cancer ate through my vertebrae. So I had eight hour spinal surgery because it went through the four, five and six vertebrae. So I'm all like full metal in the back. 
Oh my um, gosh. It was crazy because they were like, you're not going to be able to move. You won't be able to get up for at least three months. You can't go back to work, drive. Great. Okay. Uh, after about a month and a half, I was up, out, working, driving. Um, I did not use painkillers. There was no opioid use. Um, uh, and yeah, I was up and out and we couldn't believe it. That's just incredible. I, I'm, I got you know, chills a couple of times listening uh, to your, your story, Nicole. And I, I just can't get this through. Like, I'm so grateful to you for sharing your story because mm -hmm. there are people that, that, that could go off to their death simply because of a stigma, yes. something that we create or something that, that uneducated, ignorant people contrived a long time ago. And, and people like yourself and people like us are working so hard to undo that stigma and unravel it uh, because it's amazing what a hold that has over a, a generation of people. Absolutely. Yeah. We've, um, we've seen that so many times. It's, it's heartbreaking because um, people, we've spoken to people who would rather die than take cannabis. They would rather suffer through than increase you know, the milligram dosage or, or feel, wanna feel that psychoactive effect. We tried desperately to educate them, you know, and, and even talk them through the psychoactive effect, uh, because again, it is a process. We don't we don't deny that, and and we also we also really acknowledge the fear because people are petrified, and we we respect that fear, of course, because it's so deeply ingrained, um, and it's so so difficult to change. But but we want to do it no matter what. You know, absolutely. And that's what that's, I think, the cool thing that I know that Mike Francesca and I were talking uh, before you joined us today that we we're like, man, and that, now she just lives her life with this mission. And it's a mission that is so uh, selfless, where you you're working what you know, to educate others and, and refuse to let them suffer unneedlessly when there's this natural thing that can help them. When when did you when did that spark hit you? Was there a moment where you're like, this is it? This is what I'm called to do. I need to share. I mean, you were already doing it right. with the CBD to an extent. Yeah, it, it, it that's that's such a great question. Thank you for asking um, that question. Um, when when we had the delivery service in California and we were switching from the um, the recreational to the medical, it was because somebody called us who had severe neuropathy. And we were coaching them through, um, you know, uh, dosing because dosing is a hugely important um, thing for us and part of our education. And um, I, I remember just hanging up the phone and saying, "This, this is what I want to do with the rest of my life. Like this is it." Um, and it, it was just a, it was just such a great feeling, and um, it carried over. And thank goodness. And it, it just the irony of everything that happened because. We had the experience with the delivery and took everything that we we knew and and brought it to what was happening to me now and hopefully can bring it farther. So wow. It's it's so interesting to me about how how many how many people get to benefit from what you've been through and that you were already an educator, you were already an advocate and helping people, but then you had to go through the process of being your own advocate, which I think is probably the hardest thing to be. 
and to, especially in the medical world where you're, you've got these people that have had years of experience and service and education and all this expertise, but that doesn't make them the expert on you and your illness and your best course for your best life. Um, I mean, did you struggle with that at all about the power dynamic between as a doctor patient um, relationship to become an advocate? And do you have any advice for people that might be in that same situation to, to own their own advocacy? Absolutely. Um, we definitely had difficulty, which is, as I was saying in the beginning, where we switched oncologists. Yeah. Um, it was really a heartbreaking situation because at one point, even the, um, the nurse uh, came into the office at one point because I was asking a lot of questions because, you know, when you're in that state, you really want to know what's going on um, and you have a lot of fears. There's a lot of anxiety and I'm very vocal, thank, thank goodness. Mm -hmm. uh, but she, you know, she started screaming at me in the office and just started saying, I can't take this anymore. You're constantly asking me questions. You're constantly trying to question what I'm doing. You're going to have to talk to the, and you know, you just sort of take a step back and you realize you're, you're not, you, what you think you should be dealing with and how you think these people should be behaving is, is not the case. Um, you're a number now, we know this. Uh, the medical industry has changed drastically. Um, and the, the, focus is on their numbers yeah. um, the, the focus is the focus is how many patients the doctor is bringing into the hospital especially if they're now affiliated to a very you know a very good hospital or considered you know a um, a university hospital mm -hmm. so uh there's um there's a lot to tell people that we come across and again i cannot i cannot emphasize enough the idea of please don't be afraid. Um, everyone's case is individualized. When you step into that oncologist's office, you need to feel proud. You need to feel strong and understand that you're coming to somebody who, who is required to help you. So you need to ask them as many questions as possible. And the moment that you find that that doctor is not responding to you properly, you need to leave. You need to leave and you need to tell that doctor, you know what, I don't need you because we can find another oncologist. Um, that's amazing. That's, yeah. It's a tough thing to do. It's a tough thing to do. I think that a lot of people feel like you get referred to a doctor and that's who you need to stay with. And, yes. uh, you know, if there's not that bedside manner or their willingness to treat you as, as an individual condition versus a number, a lot of people don't know what to do and they feel trapped. So I think your message there is very strong. And thank you for sharing that with the audience. Cause I think a lot of people need to hear that. Yes. And, and, you know, again, just like cannabis has the stigma, the medical industry has the stigma as well. Uh, only it's, it's kind of a flip side. We've, we've been, you know, led to believe, and this idea has been indoctrinated into us that we have to uh, idolize um, doctors. Mm -hmm. They aren't idols. Okay, we, th this, is, this is not an issue of the end all be all and they know everything. That's actually not the case. And the interesting thing is there are so many other countries, for example, who are on the forefront of looking at, at uh, other alternatives for cancer. For example, in Japan, they've proven lion's mane as a mushroom, not a psychedelic mushroom, but as a mushroom kills cancer. And th they have absolutely you know, proven this scientifically 
uh, they've come out as a country and, and we, we don't hear anything about that. Nothing. Yeah, I've never heard of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is- you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking we might have to do this off air, Mike. We got to get the name of this this chump uh, medical professional. Send Nicole, Frank over. Told Nicole she was asking too many questions because I'd be like, "Yeah, I'm going to send Francesca up to you. Here's some questions. Yeah, if you want to hear questions." <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Nicole has um, has operating uh, Grace Health and Wellness. Uh, it, it seems like, and I'm just saying, as, as an observer and as a a fan, to be honest, when I see you do out working on social media, it seems like that gives you joy. Has that been the case that the grace Hill, that, that founding that has brought you that in life now? It, it really has because we want to just help as many people as we can. We want to just educate as many people as we can. Um, and I just feel really proud of it because for me to be able to speak to someone who uh, is suffering with cancer or, or you know, suffering through chemo and, and be able to say to them, you know what, I, I can suggest something for you. Here's a, here's a product for you. And again, you know, the education is important, whether it be our product, maybe they're comfortable with a different product, but you know what, it's going to alleviate that suffering. That to me is the greatest thing. Uh, that, that's a blessing. Yeah. So it, it's like looking at it and not, Whatever has happened, we we I like to look at it as it's not in vain. Um, mm-hmm. There's purpose. So. Nicole, for our audience's standpoint, any listeners out there, what is it they that you can help them with specifically, and when should they contact you? Absolutely, Good one, Mike. Yeah, um, what we uh, what we do is actually put together um, protocols for people, so they can contact us, and we will go over with them. Um, their particular ailments will go over with them an entire intake actually. And, uh, you know, to ask them about medications and basically what the patient wants, what the person wants, what their needs are. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we, we will talk to them not only about our products and what we have available, uh, but also about diet, how to integrate, you know, different supplements um, so that it's all well-rounded and that they mm-hmm. understand from, from, you know, our, our biggest thing is nourishing mind, body, and soul so that it's everything. Uh, we like to encompass everything so that people feel good. And that's, that's another big part of it. Just, just very quickly is that feeling good, having that, that emotional edge I like to call it where you can step into your day and open your eyes and, and say to yourself, you know what? Okay, I have cancer, but my day is going to be okay. I don't have to be afraid today. That also is a huge part of the healing process because now you can say, you know what? I have the power to help myself heal. I have the power to help myself find my center and be at peace so that I can tell my body, you know what? Calm down. Everything is okay. Yeah. It's the physical and the emotional support mm-hmm. you provide. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that made me tear up. That's I know. That's if you don't incredible. get choked up on that one, then <laughs> seriously, seriously. Um, it's that's super important for us. Super and and I and I understand that this is no longer anecdotal evidence that you are dealing with. So can you tell us about that? Big yes. Big deal. We are so, so excited about this. So um, my case study, we we had been working, we were working with Imperial College of London and UConn, and uh, my case study was put together, how um, psilocybin and cannabis can um, help with uh, alleviating breast cancer symptoms. 
It will be published in the UK. It's the first of its kind. It's the first scientific anecdotal evidence that we have now. Um, it's the first scientific evidence that where we can actually say and see that cannabis is helping to alleviate cancer. And it, by the way, it's something that we've known for a very long time, um, mm -hmm. especially with breast cancer. So uh, we are just beyond excited about it. I don't, I don't even know really what to say. Um, I will definitely keep you guys posted and Please. let them know. Yeah, Please. and it's proof. And that's, that's the most important thing. Oh, I yeah. mean, you Absolutely. are the living proof of this so-called so alternative uh, yeah. medicine working. Yeah, thank you. And I'm, I'm just, I'm very grateful. I'm very grateful to um, be in this position. Um, people kind of think I'm, I'm a little off when I say that, but um, again, whatever is happening, I truly believe I don't want it to be in vain. Mm -hmm. And um, just people don't need to suffer. They just don't need to suffer. So no, yeah. no. And, it, and, and the more the more they hear messages like yours and an amazing, amazing story like yours, the better. So I think one, one, one thing that we're going to do for you, um, and I, I'm, I'm going to get to to plug, plug, plug. I want, I want people to know the website and I especially want them to know social media, but Nicole, we're going to, uh, part of your journey, we're going to take on the road with us. We're going to share your story for an event in our state of Delaware called Dewey Goes Pink, um, which is, Mike can talk a little bit more about how massive an event that's become down in Dewey Beach, Delaware, Mike, but we're going to be sharing your story and spreading it to more and more listeners who are, who are looking for, for inspiration and, and stories like yours. So um, make sure that you share your social handle because I think you run one of the best, uh, one of the best accounts out there. It's engaging, <laughs> it's authentic, it's impressive. And you take us through the day with you. I'm sitting there, Mike and Francesca, I'm sitting there on my phone and I'm like, well, look, I'm, now I'm at the doctor with Nicole. But, but <laughs> guess what? Guess what? You're normalizing that. You're taking fear away from it, like you said. So I want to make sure that our listeners uh, know about your, your social media account. Thank you. It's um, on Instagram. It's grace underscore health underscore and underscore wellness. So it's grace health and wellness. Um, we have uh, our logo is a little uh, gray miniature G um, in black. And uh Yes, you'll definitely find me on there waving and um, saying hello. And I, I definitely I encourage people also, if you have questions, please contact us uh, through there as well. And we'll get back to you and, and see how we can help. That's oh, awesome. Excellent. Yep. Like I said, we hope to we hope to bring a whole uh, new bunch of people uh, into your 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 consciousness and, and to share the, your story as well. Yeah. Mike, do you want to describe Dewey Goes Pink real, real quick? Yeah, so Dewey Beach is um, is a a hometown for me. And it started off as a small 5k to just build breast cancer awareness um, in October, obviously. And it's grown It's hosted at the starboard restaurant, which is the baddest restaurant bar in Dewey Beach. Absolutely. Um, but it, who has a very loyal following in and of itself. So then when you marry that loyal following with a great cause, it's something that's really grown into a town wide event now. Um, and kind of like the shoulder season. So it's kind of quiet, but that town turns pink for that whole weekend. So we want to participate this year. We're making some plans with um, some of the local vendors down there to do a show from Dewey Beach and to really highlight stories like yours and let 
to build awareness, but also let other people tell their stories too, and to create that forum and that awareness and that platform. So we're really excited about it. And and your story is going to be front and center for us yep. to kick off our month of broadcasts and, yep. uh, and just carry that through and hopefully build even more momentum. And well, send people your way that need you. Yeah. Thank you guys. It's uh, again, just very grateful. Thank you. Well, not as grateful as we are for you. Yeah, absolutely. So it's incredible. And, and let, let, let's add to that uh, collectively. We're also uh, indebted to your amazing husband uh, going yes. through this with you yeah. and finding yeah, out the, the formulations and the dosing. I mean, what, a, what an absolute hero. Uh, so thank him for all of us. Um, we, we always like to add, we always like to end the show, Nicole, having a little bit of fun, uh, letting our hair down a bit with our guests. Yeah. So, so we usually, you know, I, I think you've, you've gotten that Francesca likes to ask questions. <laughs> uh, so, so Francesca oh, usually takes us out with one of her patented. Would you rather scenarios? <laughs> Hardly patented, but I'll take it. Um, yes. So Nicole, yes. would you rather be able to fly to and walk on the moon or be able to dive and swim around the Titanic? Oh my goodness. Um, I definitely have to say diving. Definitely. Diving. Yes. Um, Is that more the water, the Titanic, the what? I think it's, it's more of the water. I, I will tell you, I, I, went diving um once before and it was one of the greatest experiences i ever had uh and i i highly encourage everybody to to hear that silence so i, I would like to say diving yeah Ooh. excellent yeah. mike you look deep in thought <laughs> <laughs> so i have a couple fears right and uh i had Did a, I hit on both i no, i had a snorkeling <laughs> mishap uh my friend rudy if he's listening he will laugh but we were snorkeling in Mexico and I almost got stuck in a reef underwater. So like, oh, okay. um, All right. oh, so I'm going to opt for space <laughs> or anything else except for going deep underwater. <laughs> uh, you know what? There goes this, this suggestion was sent in that we do a show from a reef. So that's good. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> no, I don't blame you, brother. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's justifiable. Uh, <laughs> so moonwalking Mike. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, what about you? Can I take weed? Yeah, you can take weed. You, can I, I take think my, it's a can requirement. I, can I take my yes. headphones? I can have music? Because if yeah. I have those two things. You can have I, music in both. Yeah. If I can be somehow. listening to David Bowie while walking on the moon. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Oh. And if I can be on an edible, even better. Um, yeah. I'm really, really interested to see what our man <laughs> has to say about this. Uh, Frank, how you doing, brother? Yes, I'm good. How are you guys? Doing great. Good. You like that episode? That was uh, pretty damn powerful, huh? Yeah, that was really emotional. I'm tearing up over here. Just listening to her story. It's incredible, Nicole. Thank you. And what would yeah. you pick, my man? <laughs> oh, man. I mean, they both, I mean, like going underwater feels outer worldly in it in and of itself so mm -hmm. um but i think i have to go for the moon just because to look back at earth and just realize that there's other there's other planets out there and we have to be very grateful for where we come from in our home our mother earth so i have to take the moon 
Listen, I like it, man. I, I like love it. These are some thoughts. Standing on the moon saying, look at that. Look at that big sphere we call home and how many chicken cutlets are spinning on that thing right now. <laughs> That's what we going through my man's mind. Um, man, this has been this has been Francesca. Was Francesca's answer. Oh, That's right. Sorry. I Thanks, am 100 percent Titanic. A hundred percent diving with Nicole down there and to, oh, to explore and swim. I have always wanted to explore shipwreck and see just the the incredible size of it and the silence of diving and the sea and oh my gosh, it's it's fascinating. I don't know, maybe it's being a Pisces, but it's <laughs> yes. Uh, good, good question. <laughs> good question, Francesca. Very balanced response here. And, and I and like great, that. And, and great justifications for each one. My friends, this has been a fa fantastic uh, day, uh, a fantastic episode, but a fantastic day because we got to meet you, Nicole. And yes. uh, you, I know it's your mission to live each day with grace. And uh, you certainly do that. It, it's, it's a beautiful story, but it's an even more beautiful mission that you're on now. And we're just honored to be to play a small role in helping bring that story to more and more people. So thank you for joining us, elevating our conversation and sharing a little bit of your grace with us. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Thank you, guys. Oh, awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Mike, Francesca, give you the last word. Not much to say. This has been awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for everything you've done, everything you fought through to create so much more uh, options for people down the road. It's incredible. Yeah. And one thing I just wanted to please ask you guys, um, sure. and Nick, I, I may have asked you already, and if I have, I apologize. Um, we wanted to to know where to send some of the products to you guys. We, we would like you to sample them, and we have oh. some of the topicals in the CBD. Do any of you guys have pets? Oh, yes. 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 Okay. We all do. Yeah. We all do. Okay, cool. Okay. Um, if you can give me a, a proper address and we'll send those out to you next week. Sure thing. We'll be, we'll be sending you some stuff as well. Yay. Okay. Very cool. <laughs> a little gift Swap. exchange. That's right. <laughs> Guys. No, Nicole, I can't wait. I hope you're writing a book at some point. I mean, I. Yeah, I never thought about that. Okay. that That's a possibility. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me know when you do, because I am going to be the first in line as an advanced reader for it for sure thank you francesca that that means everything thank you yeah. thanks you guys we are so grateful for today our guest has been nicole demanda of grace health and wellness visit the website online they host educational webinars uh, outside of offering amazing products to people and follow her on social media you'll be glad you did uh thank you for joining us on the infuse show on a very special edition we're going to see you next time right here in delahoo delawatt Delaware. Bye-bye, guys. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. 99.9% .9 of our DNA is identical. It's a 0.1% that truly makes us different and unique. And that's what the show is about. Find out that 0.1% about your favorite guests. Find out what music they like, their first cannabis experience, and even what their room looked like growing up. 
and more importantly, or as important, their journey. Learn what makes them unique on Everything is Personal.